This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Good morning. Good morning, Lori. How are you? We're great. We're back at it again this morning. It's something a little bit different. I know. I'm super excited about this. Yes. I know. We have an expert in men's health, Dr. Ryan Terlecki. So he's from. Good morning. Good morning. He is from Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center, and he's also a professor at Wake Forest University. He's actually on my home turf in Winston-Salem. I have a center there, and I'm so grateful to know about him. He is a urologist specializing in sexual dysfunction, both urethral and urologic reconstruction and Peyronie's disease, which, Adam, I know this is going to make you squirm, but... A little bit. uh, It's a condition where there is like a development of plaque or scar tissue inside the penis that causes a curved and painful erection. And Which he, really nobody wants. Nobody wants that. And he manages cases of ED that also don't respond to medications. So if you're on Viagra or Cialis and it's not working, he's the guy to go see. Or somebody, if you've had lots of procedures and problems, particularly perhaps after prostate cancer, Dr. Ryan Terlecki is our expert. He's frank. He's knowledgeable. We're so excited to have him. He does treat women as well. But today we're going to pick his brain on erectile dysfunction. So welcome, Dr. Terlecki, and thank you 
So they say that a prophet doesn't have any honor in your hometown, but with me, I'm so grateful to have you. And I don't want anything catastrophic to happen in our lives, but I'm very grateful knowing you're there. Can you tell us about what you do and your research and all your work? I, I direct the men's health clinic here at Wake Forest uh, University. And so uh, even though uh, we will see female patients time to time, most of the time when I encounter women in the office, it's usually in the context of couples health. Mm-hmm. I manage a lot of complex reconstructive surgeries, but uh, my main area is in restoration of sexual health uh, for men and therefore in the context of a couple. And so my research largely involves uh, tissue engineering, and we do a fair bit with stem cells, much of which is funded by the Department of Defense, and we focus on injuries to our wounded warriors, especially in the changing era of combat-related injuries. So uh, in the past, uh, ballistics injuries uh, would have a different pattern than what we see now with the IEDs and basically a blast injury from the ground up. Right. So you're so seeing a lot of these younger traumatic men. brain injuries and things like that, right? As correct, well. correct. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing a lot of groin injuries that can affect uh. Uh, sexual and urinary health uh, for men that are at an age where they plan to go home, uh, return to either starting your family or continuing to expand one. But, of course, sexual function is important to all of us throughout life. But there's a high priority to make sure that these young men are restored in a meaningful fashion. Absolutely. So that's a big part of my research. We also do clinical research looking at outcomes uh, following restoration of sexual and urinary control after prostate cancer therapies. Mm, And uh, I'm very fortunate to run a fellowship program. There are about uh, 12 or so uh, in the United States that specialize in reconstructive surgery, but we also have a high focus on sexual function as well as infertility. So that's basically what I do here at Wake Forest. That's all you do? (laughs) (laughs) That shapes around my four kids. (laughs) That is so great. I I mean, you really are doing huge amounts of research and help. I mean, everything from the military to prostate cancer. I mean, you're all over the map in terms of the breadth of how you're helping men recover from really problematic things. Well, you know, it's it's touched my life in other ways. I'll be honest with you. I came from a family with no physicians and actually no college attendees, for that matter. Wow. And so... But uh, once I was committed to urology and certainly started to see family members affected by urological diseases, mm-hmm. a lot of them had stones, um, but, you know, prostate cancer and my grandfather. And uh, I've encountered a few other scenarios where I've had to have frank discussions about their urinary and sexual health. And so one of the reasons I was attracted to urology is that you get to develop relationships with people, but you also get to use a skill set that involves having a conversation and making people comfortable with discussing uh, more intimate issues. How do you, when men first come to see you, because I imagine that it's something that they've been putting off because it's such an uncomfortable conversation. So what would you say to men who are having problems? How do they kind of get to that frank discussion place that you were talking about and kind of just be honest that they're going to need help and that they seek the help that they need? That's a great question. And you're, you're spot on in terms of men in general, we're not as good as our female counterparts about attending to our overall health. I'm actually put in a situation on a regular basis where men will come in to discuss sexual health, but they don't even have a primary care provider. Mm. And then I find out, you know, they've got poorly controlled blood pressure. Maybe they have diabetes they didn't know about. Cholesterol is an issue. I think that, you know, 30, 40 years ago, 
we wouldn't really be having discussions at all because we didn't have much to offer them. Mm. And so there's been a change in how children are educated as well. Uh, you know, I think you and I might be part of the last or second to last generation that could get away without having frank discussions with our parents about sexual health. But now, you know, kids can't watch a Super Bowl come uh, halftime. You <laughs> That's know, right. Commercials That's right. Yeah, without some ask, advertisement for ED. Yeah, they ask what, the, what those bathtubs are. Depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. But I think one of the things that I do perhaps more than some others is that I ask these questions even when they're there for other reasons. And so the way I lead into it is to remind them that they're at an age where it would be normal to see a drop in function. Mm -hmm. Because men, just like any other member of the animal kingdom, the males will see a drop in sexual function with age. And, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, that's designed to weed us out of the reproductive pool. But because sex is so much more important than just producing offspring, it's important for overall wellness, preventing depression, but for couples' health as well. So I tell them that my role is to make sure that I optimize those areas of their urological health that I can, and that I would like them to be able to maintain a healthy sexual lifestyle as long as they're healthy enough to be able to do so. And in almost all cases, even when medications have failed, I can give them that function back. Mm. But function is just one part of it. You have to address how they interact with their partners, uh, and that's sometimes even more complicated, and that's why I appreciate the services that you offer. Yeah, I would say that you're a really rare doctor who actually brings up the topic of sexuality. Most times I hear from physicians that they don't bring it up, either they don't have enough time to do that, or they feel awkward themselves. So I, I really think you're a rare breed. Could you tell us, let's say a guy comes in, he's maybe 58, and he says, you know, I've tried Viagra, Cialis, nothing's really working. Um, when I masturbate, I don't have erections either. What do, you, what do you do next? Well, sometimes I have to take a step back and see, you know, what kind of workup was done and if the mm -hmm. right questions were asked from the get-go. And so was this a gradual thing? Was this a sudden thing? You know, what else was going on in their lives, you know, when they started to notice these changes? Um, I look at their overall medical health to make sure they've been screened for other problems, their blood pressure, their cholesterol. Uh, I do risk stratification using established nomograms to look at cardiac risk, for example. I get a lot of questions about testosterone, which is a, probably a little bit of a longer discussion that we'll perhaps save for another day. But Yeah, let's do that. Let's absolutely yeah. have a podcast on that. Yeah, So, but basically I look for all contributing factors to see what's reversible and what can be addressed before looking at interventions. Okay. So at least from a, a medical standpoint. So let's say, you know, the guy's up to date on his routine health maintenance. He follows with his regular doctor. You know, blood work looks good. His blood pressure is good. He seems to have a good relationship with his partner, especially if they're there in the office with them. And there's no undue stress, you know, that we're aware of that's yet to be developed. Then we start looking at progressing down the algorithm of treatment. I'd want to make sure that the medications were tried correctly. A lot of times men will get a prescription for Viagra and are never told that they ha it has to be taken on an empty stomach to get the best benefit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, occasionally men, women, they like to have a couple glasses of wine at dinner before having an intimate evening, but alcohol will also affect the results that they see from these medications. Mm -hmm. And if they've gone to taking it in optimal fashion and still haven't reached the results that they want, then we start talking about the different classes of options, you know, explaining that 
some men may be more attracted to different options depending on the nature of their relationships and where they are in their health and their, their life in general. So one of the simplest options, I mean, if you think about the penis, it's essentially just three tubes. And women have the same three tubes because they started out the same way we did for the first seven and a half weeks of life. And so you have the tube that carries the urine out, and you have the two chambers that fill with blood to allow the rigidity for sexual function. And so if the pills don't allow enough increase in flow to maintain that rigidity, then you know one way is just to manually pull blood into the penis, something called a vacuum device. It's mm-hmm. not... Uh, not the greatest thing since sliced bread, but it will work in, uh, in selected men. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a reasonable option, especially if you have an elderly man who's not necessarily a great candidate for the other forms of treatment we'll discuss. But it looks like a clear plastic tube, similar to what you would send up at the bank with your check if you're going there to deposit it. But <laughs> you can, uh, with a battery-powered option, you press a button, creates a vacuum, blood rushes into the penis, and then you have to trap it in the tissue using a constriction band, which can be a little uncomfortable, and you shouldn't leave it on there for prolonged periods of time. And in those patients that are taking blood thinners, it can cause some bruising and sometimes pulls at the hair that flanks the genital anatomy. Okay. The middle of the road option is to inject medication directly into those chambers that fill with blood. And Okay, so you know, Adam whoa, ju- Adam just whoa, made a face. Whoa. <laughs> yep, I knew <laughs> that was coming. You're talking about That's shots, into the, reaction. You're talking about shots into the penis, penis aren't you? A needle to the penis? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, so basically, you know, it, it's certain types of men are more attracted to that option than others. Certainly the diabetics that are used to injecting themselves with small needles for insulin Uh, it might be more palatable to them. Mm -hmm. And so essentially what it is, instead of taking a pill by mouth that has to get absorbed through the stomach and thus create the opportunity for side effects like headache and facial flushing and so forth, you can just deliver the drug locally, directly Mm -hmm. into those two chambers. So essentially you prep the skin with an alcohol swab, you inject this medication and wait to see if you get an erection. And if you do, hopefully it's of the right duration, not too short, but certainly not too long, and uh, proceed to have intercourse. Now, it works quite effectively in a large number of men, but it also has downsides. It tends not to be covered by insurance, similar to the oral medications, although there are some plans that will cover a few here and there. But even though it's not... Surprisingly, it's not that painful to inject the medication, but it can be associated with a burning sensation later mm-hmm. at the site of injection. So It doesn't so, work in all men, and sometimes it works for too long if you use too much of a dose, and then you're going to an ER to get blood drained, and that's a pretty traumatic experience for men. Okay, so that, wait, 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 one second. We, Adam's about <laughs> to faint. You're, talk, you're talking about a needle plus a burning <laughs> sensation plus a doctor, doctor's okay, visit wait, to drain wait, something. Adam, Adam. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't know if I can like so. I'm gonna go with the the more <laughs> contraption. We're, we're trapping we're trapping the animal rather than injecting it. Like that's just right. uh, no 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 way. I I want to say something because I've worked with a lot of men who use this, and I especially prostate cancer survivors. A lot of them love this option. Yeah, you know it's yeah, local it works and well. they're, and they're and the, yeah. the different medications actually some of them are more produce more of a burning sensation than others and you can separate out the medications right if the burning sensation is too intense I mean there are things that can be done to really tailor this to the particular man even if he gets a lesser erection it might be more comfortable but I, I agree with you Dr. Terlecki the diabetics like have no issue with this. 
Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I will tell you the drug that causes the burning is called alprostadil. Right. So this might uh-huh. be marketed as Everject or Edex. But when you go to a compounding pharmacy, the more common injectable is called Trimix, which is a mixture mm-hmm. of three drugs. The alprostadil dose is decreased to lessen the burning, but then you have two other agents that are added to allow for quality re- erection in some men. Now, even though it may work well uh, for some of these uh, gentlemen, it does uh, cause the development of scarring over time through one of the drugs that's included, and that drug's called papaverin. Mm -hmm. So even though it may work well initially, over time it may work less well. Mm -hmm. And And that's something to be aware of as well. But the other thing that I've learned from working with couples is the impact to the event. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. To intercourse. So what happens is, let's say, you know, you've kind of, you know, um, impressed your partner enough to the point that you see where the evening's headed and you're kind of excited about it and you have to say, hold on a second, babe, let me go down to the fridge or freezer, grab this vial out, hold it in my hand so it's warm enough to where it thaws out a little bit of liquid, prep the top with alcohol, stick in the needle and syringe, draw it up, uh, get out the air, go back over to the bedroom or bathroom where you plan to inject yourself, prep yourself with alcohol, inject yourself, wait and see if it's going to come up. If it does, head back to the bedroom, Perhaps she's still awake. Maybe she's gone to sleep. Maybe maybe it doesn't come up, and now you feel like you've raised expectations and then failed to meet them, and people end up very frustrated. And so the other thing we'll see sometimes is that the partners may have this sense of guilt Mm -hmm. that he has to stick himself himself. every time they want to have intercourse. And it makes sex seem like work. It makes it so it's just not something you can spontaneously enjoy without fear of, you know, failing to meet expectations. And that's where the la- the uh, the next option comes into play. Okay, so, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to recover then, from the idea of a of a needle going into my penis. No, but I, you know, I think. <laughs> I need a little bit of time. I know, but you're a young man, and I got to say, this what he's doing is so helpful to yeah. people who struggle, and we appreciate it. And, and you're giving us such great information. Let's just take a quick break. We'll be right back. So, Adam, we're going to do a new thing. We are going to offer a link to Patreon. On Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, which is foreplayrst.com, for people who are really interested in helping us develop deeper, you know, more interesting podcasts and also offer resources to them. Yeah, Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We know that several of you have been real supportive of us, and we hope you would consider being financially supportive as well. Right, because we're running practices and families, and we need time 
really to do more, something like a webinar. We'd like to do some worksheets for you. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide to you as our listeners. Dive deeper into the questions you have, offer more practical steps for you to have the best possible relationship. So we're looking for some patrons. We appreciate already the love, the emails that you send. All of that is great. So if you love listening to us, you can find out how to support us by going to our website, foreplayrst.com. Thank you so much for considering that. We appreciate it. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage, through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Matthews, and I want to welcome you to Matthews Counseling. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We believe in people, specifically that no two people are alike and therefore they need solutions that are unique to them. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. At MatthewsCounseling.net, we strive to help make the first step easy. There, you will find our blog with some great resources from our therapist. You'll also find a link to our client portal where you can schedule directly with our therapist at your convenience. We offer free 30-minute consultations either in person or over the phone, so the first step is at no cost to you. Give us a call at 919-587-8018 or again, find us online at matthewscounseling.net. We look forward to working with you. Okay, we're back with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with Dr. Ryan Terlecki from Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center talking about ED and the problems with sexual dysfunction and different disease states. And we have an expert who is really helpful to people. Adam's about to crawl out of his skin. And I know it's helpful. I know it's helpful. It it is. It's just a lot to, I think that's one of the challenges for men, right, is to get their heads around that their penis is not going to work the way that they it may have worked in the past. I mean, right? that that's such a grief issue. Yeah, it's um, loss. And I think what you were talking about, Dr. Terlecki, before the break was that some of this does require work. It does maybe take a break in the sexual flow of the evening. What do you say to couples about that, and how do you help them manage that? So it's interesting. So not every man who comes in has a partner, but when I see couples together, it says something about their relationship to me, and I get very encouraged by that. So Mm -hmm. I think those are the ones that are going to do better. Mm -hmm. And you have to read their body language because occasionally you'll see changes in the partner where they almost have resentment, either Mm -hmm. because they don't understand what's happened to the man who's struggling with his function, or he hasn't communicated it in an an effective manner. 
so because a lot of times what will happen is once men realize that they're having trouble uh, maintaining an erection for intercourse, they'll start to withdraw and not, you know, pursue sexual activity because it's embarrassing to them. Right, okay? right. I and see so that. if they don't say anything Absolutely. out loud, the partner, you know, is wondering, is it something with me? Is he not attracted to me? Oh, What's yes. What's going on? Mm-hmm. So he starts to turn to his side of the bed. Perhaps she starts to turn to her side of the bed and then perhaps copes by saying, well, it's not because we can't. It's because I don't want it. Yeah. And then, you know, libido is a complex issue, and sometimes it's hormonal, but other times it can be environmental. And if the bedroom environment is such that it becomes less emotional, let's say, because men in general were not uh, as good at expressing ourselves intimately in the absence of physical intercourse. So I think that has to be addressed concurrent, or perhaps even uh, in advance before restoring function. Is it even possible to separate the two? I mean, what, what would you see is the relationship between libido and sexual function? Is it a chicken or an egg thing? Is it, um, do you lose desire before you get ED? Does ED contribute to losing your libido? Like, how do you see that relationship working? Yeah, so that's an excellent, excellent question. And I use that chicken or the egg uh, phenomenon in, even when I'm explaining it to patients. But for every couple, it's different. So you have to kind of inquire. Sometimes the libido goes down because of an episode of infidelity, for example, and they lose mm-hmm. trust, mm-hmm. Right? right? But other times, it can the function might go down first, and then the libido follows. So you have to kind of break it down. And when I see a couple, I say, look, we have to prioritize her above you in this. And I let her know that. And I say, you know, even if I can give you the greatest function on the planet, where you can have an erection whenever you want for as long as you want, it doesn't necessarily make you a better lover for, for your partner. And so, you know, and I'll even ask uh, the women that come in, say, look, at its best, at its best, when you were have engaging in sexual activity, did you enjoy it? You know, mm-hmm. what did, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And if I could give you that back, would you want it? And, you know, occasionally you'll see people brought to tears in the office uh, in the course of that conversation. Right. But the, the hope is that you can remind them what was great about it, right, and what it meant for them in the context of their relationship. And, and I so, think that men, don't you think that they're often considering their erection to be the end-all, be-all of the sexual encounter? And so few women, only about 15% in my calculation, have orgasms through sexual intercourse. So... It's really through foreplay and touching and and lovemaking that a woman is very satisfied. And, and I think men, though, kind of have to get it through their brain, you know, that maybe the hardness of their penis is, is not it for her. You know, that he can still be a really loving partner and maybe a great lover when he focuses on what's pleasurable to her. Yeah. And I, you know, and I have that conversation on a regular basis because I say, look, you know, just because I can give you a rigid erection on demand doesn't mean you're, not, you're just going to try to, you know, go from zero to 60 all through vaginal intercourse. Right. Because right? that's not going to be meaningful for your partner. And so it could be even uncomfortable depending on the age of the, of the Yeah, partner. yeah. So, you know, we have to instruct guys on getting back in touch with what makes their partners happy, right? Mm-hmm. Easing them into the act of intercourse. But, you know, spending a lot of time, whether it's through massage, whether it's through conversation, but letting them feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important 
I mean, I know sometimes we struggle with being PC, but it's important to recognize that there are differences in the genders as to how they relate to one another, especially sexually. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dr. Jalecki, you know, we talked about earlier about that men are going to typically wait too long, right? So what's the what's the triggering point, though? At what point should they reach out to you or to another health specialist when things have not been going well, either when they're starting to – what signs should they look for besides just that they're having difficulty? And, and I would add also after prostate cancer, in during their recovery – a lot of men have been told, you know, it's not going to be – it'll be a year before you have full recovery. I mean, how soon should they say, I'm getting concerned, when do they come and see you? So ideally, I would like to see men at the point of diagnosis even before they undergo treatment. I love that. I direct the prostate cancer survivorship program here, and I think it's important for these men to know going in that we're going to follow their recovery. And depending on where they get in the recovery back to where they started – if at any point they're not progressing the way they'd like to, we mm-hmm. have a plan in place on how to help them get there. Mm-hmm. Okay? That, that's good news because I think that this is so problematic for the coupleship as well, this kind of waiting to see what will happen. And if they had somebody who had a protocol or could sort of diagnose along the way, uh, it would reduce anxiety you know, for maybe a, a year or so. I mean, that would be great. Worst case scenario, so if a guy has prostate cancer, the meds don't work, what have you got for him? So we talked earlier about the the vacuum device. We talked about the injections. Mm -hmm. There's uh, one of the medications in the injections, Alprostadil, can be uh, formulated into a pellet that's then placed through the urethral meatus where the urine exits the body and then dissolves although it's associated with some side effects that, such that most men don't care for that medication. It can right. cause burning, cause bleeding. Burning. They generally have to wear a condom to prevent it from making contact with the lining of the vagina. So that usually goes out the window. All right, burning but, penis plus a condom, usually not a good Yeah, option. burning, bleeding, condoms, yeah, no. it doesn't sound Ooh, too ouch. Ouch. <laughs> so you don't even so, know. You don't even know. Uh, no, 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 no. no, I can, I get it. I can imagine, and I can totally imagine. Yeah. So one of the options that is very popular, certainly in my practice, is the implant. So this has been around since the early 70s. It's had a few modifications since then. It's an outpatient procedure. Uh, It takes me, in a routine case, usually about 30 minutes of operative time. It's all done through one single incision, uh, about two centimeters wide on the scrotal tissue, such that when it heals, you can't even notice the scar. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so um, basically what you do is you measure the inside of those two chambers that filled with blood, and you custom fit a liner that will fill with, again, body temperature fluid, just like blood was, but this time it's saline, similar to a saline breast implant. Mm-hmm. And so the reservoir that holds the fluid is a simple balloon that you can't see or feel. And then hidden in the scrotum is an olive-shaped structure that allows that fluid to transfer for use of a one-way valve into those chambers and allowing the creation of an erect penis that looks the same and feels the same for both men and their partners as it did before they developed ED. That, that is just I, miraculous. Yeah, it is. And so the, the great thing about it is that you know whenever you want to have an erection, you will have one. Mm-hmm. And you can pump it up so it'll get quite rigid, and it'll stay like that until you're ready to be done. Mm-hmm. So this allows them to cast away the fear of finishing before their partner and not being able to complete the act if 
further penetration was desired. Mm -hmm. It also helps with older patients because occasionally we'll have women with vaginal atrophy and we instruct them on lubrication. So even if they were using it before with their natural erection, if they didn't use a quality product, for example, and the thought of reapplying during intercourse is very frightening for men because as soon as the penis withdraws from the vagina and the room temperature air hits it, they're so worried that they're not going to be able to maintain the erection to finish. Right, right. So in this situation, there's no need to rush. You know that you're going to maintain it for as long as you need. You can take all the time and all the measures necessary to make sure your partner's happy. And then uh, at the end, you touch it and it goes back to a resting position. And, I mean, if you were changing in a YMCA locker room, nobody would know you have this. You don't look any different on the outside. Yeah. And men are often asking about length because what happens is over time with uh, a history of erectile dysfunction, they may lose length because mm -hmm. they're not having the influx of well-oxygenated blood on a regular basis as they did when they were younger because you would have erections even when you weren't thinking about anything sexual, <laughs> full bladder, right. first thing in the morning, right. several in your sleep. So if you stop having that cycling of well-oxygenated blood, you'll start to see atrophy. Mm -hmm. With one of the more common devices we use, if they use it regularly, uh, men will come back and state that they may have gained anywhere from one to two centimeters in length and uh, in girth, which is not six inches to the penis, but if it was, I'd have a line down the highway. To get <laughs> yes, you would. Um, but it's I something. Think, uh, it's really I, something, and it's encouraging for me. Yeah, yeah, and just tell us, I mean, I think one of the problems with this has been, you know, for a lot of men undergoing treatment and surgery, there's a lot of fear of being operated on their, this most intimate part of their body. But you have a particularly very low infection rate. Like, aren't you the lowest infection rate in the whole state when you do this surgery? As far as what's reported, I believe that that's true. Based on industry data, I'm told that we have the highest volume of implants in the state of North Carolina. So I do between, if you look at all the implant-type cases, we probably do between 120, 150 a year. That's great. And so the only infection, so I've been here now for about eight years, and I was fortunate to have a high-volume training before I came here. And so despite doing such a high volume, we've only had one confirmed infection case, and that was in a gentleman uh, who had a tragic burn injury and had to have synthetic reconstruction of his penis, and it had numerous prior surgeries. So it was far from a routine case. And, yeah, very um, different. Otherwise, we've done very well. That so is one great. Of, one of the things that's just encouraging that I think overall, and one of my takeaways is that there are options, right? right. There are tons of options. And it sounds like I am going to come and see you whenever I get to the point in life where this is <laughs> this is necessary. Um, but that's, that's encouraging. Like that's encouraging for men that they don't have to continue in this way. That there are a lot of different types of options depending on what they're comfortable with um, for them to try. Yeah, and I think that men dread the idea of prostate cancer. I mean, it's so fearful, and like women dread breast cancer and. Just to know that this is not the end of your sex life is great news. So, Dr. Yeah, Trelecki, tell us how people find you. What's the best way yeah, that they so can contact back, you? I think, to your earlier question, too, as to when should a man present and how do they find you. Um, I would tell you to get checked out early. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to see a specialist like me. You should probably start with your primary care physician. Because occasionally a drop in sexual function can be kind of a warning sign for cardiovascular disease down the road. So that's been well established. So it's important to make sure that you get checked, get all your risk factors evaluated, cholesterol, blood pressure, body weight, these types of things, making sure that if you find a smoker in the office, try to encourage them to quit. 
If they're looking for me specifically, then of course they can find me through the normal channels. I'm not going anywhere. I'm pretty visible here at Wake. But um, And if they live a good distance from here, there are other specialists. Uh, there are websites that they can look at to locate high-volume providers. But um, I think it's just important, and I spend a good deal of my time trying to educate other surgeons on how to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because even if they're a quality surgeon, maybe they have great hands, but if they don't know how to engage people and to bring this up comfortably, then it's all for naught. Right. Because unfortunately, a lot of doctors don't really talk to their patients the way you do. And so, you know, just giving a man back an erection without necessarily bringing his partner into treatment and having the two of them discuss it and figure out what this means for them. And, you know, it might not bring as much happiness as what I think you're really talking about, a comprehensive treatment for the couple. Thank you so much for your time today. We know that we have interrupted your surgery schedule. I just, we're grateful for you taking this time out and speaking with us. Appreciate it. You're welcome. That was great. Again, if you want to find Dr. Ryan Terlecki, you can go to Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. You can also contact us here at Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, and we will be glad to give you the information on how to reach him. We'll link you there. But again, thank you very much. And you're all listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.